Welcome to the Critical Geeks Podcast, a podcast of ex-industry employees from games and comics to critique and discuss our geeky passions. I'm your host, Neil, and joining me today is Mr. Ryan Perrow of Game Hype and a person I've known for a long time. Hello, Ryan. Hi-de-ho, Neil. Hi-de-ho, indeed. So today, as you were shocked to realise earlier, it is the 25th anniversary of the original Resident Evil. Yeah, it just makes you feel old immediately. But it great. does. <laughs> it does. So we're going to talk about this uh, stellar game in the horror franchise. But first, would you like some history on the product, Ryan? On Resident Evil itself? I mean, I tell you, I lived it, but there are many people out there who did not live it. So yeah, I suppose you better educate them. Okay, so the game uh, began production in 1993, and it was originally a Super Nintendo game before it went onto the PlayStation. There is a Capcom horror game called Sweet Home, which came out in 1989. It was meant to be like a sequel, uh, you know, like another in the franchise of that. I've never heard of Sweet Home before. I don't know if you have. Nope. Nope. Um, It was supposed to be, at first, a um, game with ghosts in it. It was like spooky ghosts and spirits. And then there was apparently supposed to be aliens in the game, and then they later focused on zombies. It was going to be a first-person shooter. Then it was going to be a co-op game. So, you know, I would have I would have loved that if it was a co-op game, of course. Would have loved a bit of co-op zombies back in the back in the nineties. Uh, they then later decided on you know George Romero style zombies, and the three D style came into a uh, approach because they just felt like the Alone in the Dark system, which had come out a few years before, was quite cool, and they liked that that idea of it. Um, it went through a lot more crazier changes, like the co-op aspect. They didn't really like. Um, the American version, they wanted to make harder because they didn't want people to rent the game over a few days, so they wanted to make it more <laughs> difficult. There was originally going to be a lot less ink ribbons. Um, the chests were only going to hold whatever items you put in them, so you had to backtrack, which obviously then became a, um actual difficulty mode in the games too. That's pretty cool. I had no doubt that bit was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate the idea of running past 54 zombies and 14 you know, tyrants to get to a pitting herb I left at the first level or first mission area. Um, there was other aspects of the game. So they wanted real-time weapon changes. They got rid of the co-op, obviously. Um, an early preview of the game in 1996 featured a graveyard and a slightly different version of the tyrant. They got rid of the graveyard, but it was in the 2002 remake, which I think was probably one of the most visually most impressive things about the remake. When you you, you walk from like left to right on the camera and in the forefront of the camera all these graves that area was stunning looking and i still think it looks good today i mean i guess we'll get more onto you know remakes it wasn't evil later but as far as like remasters remakes of games are concerned the the gamecube remake of resident evil still is for me the top pinnacle number one remake of all time it flawless yep absolutely brilliant um in the pre-production there were other characters. There was, um, this is very Japanese. There was going to be an African American man called Dewey that was meant to be the comic relief. Oh God! Um, we've seen that in lots of Japanese games. Uh, there was going to be a giant cyborg strong man called Gelza, and they were replaced by Rebecca and Barry. So Dewey, the comic relief, became Rebecca, and the cyborg became Big Beardy Magnum Barry. See, that doesn't. Doesn't have too dissimilar, like the big beefy cyborg that would rescue you. If you play as Jill, Barry's quite useful. Here's some acid rounds. Here's a you know here's a key. Gets stuff. He helps quite a lot, so he's kind of familiar. 
But turning like African American comedy relief into Windy Rebecca, <laughs> just okay. Yep. Uh, would you like to know? So, would you like to know how the name Resident Evil came upon? Well, I've been thinking about this um, for the past, like, I guess, ten minutes since you told me what we we're talking about today, um, and it's actually a really clever name. But I've always complained that we get Resident Evil and Japan gets Biohazard, which sounds way cooler. Um, because, you know, they're in a house and there's evil in it, Resident Evil. It makes sense, like, technology-wise. But you tell me the actual story now. So, the Biohazard name was renamed for North America and Europe markets because apparently it was too difficult to trademark the name Biohazard because there was a video game, there was a alternate metal band um, called Biohazard. Capcom therefore ran an internal company contest to find the new name, and the name Resident Evil was settled upon because it takes place... In a mansion. Uh, one of the, the main producers of the game thought it was super cheesy. But uh, it stuck because the marketing team thought it was a really good idea. And therefore, we... we went for Resident Evil where the Japanese had Biohazard. Do we know which employee thought of this? And is he involved in later games in the series? Or was that like his one contribution to the franchise and he did nothing else? No, I mean, it's not. I've been looking through Wikipedia and history of it. And I can't find anything specifically names names who whom it was so i guess it was maybe one of those joint decisions where you know it was thrown out and then everyone thought yeah that's good that's good we'll 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 get that um um also various things was removed from the introduction of the game do you remember the black and white cheesy intro yes yes so sort of various shots of dead people and dogs and uh, one of the characters' deaths was edited out, including Chris smoking a cigarette, so it could hit the mature rating um, in North America, which is why the director knew if you've ever played the director's cut version, which is at the time the Japanese version, all that stuff's left in. And I think the intros in, the the intros in color as well, because then it was in black and white in in Europe and the American ones. So yeah, the uh, the Japanese did a bit of, did a bit of a, a choppy choppy job. So us. Weak little Westerners could uh, play and see the game. Fair. Glad they did, because I'd rather play an edited version with what we got than not have seen it at all. So. Indeed, indeed. So, you know, you got the more Romero style than the psychological Japanese horror style, which they're more used to, you know, the sort of ghosts <laughs> and, and a fear of, of something that's just creepy and watching you rather than just there in your face. But we got a fantastic zombie game so I mean why what do you remember of the original Resident Evil Ryan I mean well be, before we get onto that point um, can we please stop using the term Romero in relation to zombies as if that still means something that man has made more awful zombies his contribution to the zombie like mythos is now worse overall than good so I feel like we need a new benchmark for zombie legends because <laughs> diary of the dead no <laughs> the thing is though is that you forget that because he made diary of the dead and land of the dead and survival of the dead which are all bad films especially survival did that was the worst one because they're bad and no one cared at the time people don't remember them but so I therefore, remember them because you forced me to watch them. Yes. Fine. New Romero movie, and I'm like, oh, I turned to a zombie. <laughs> it sounded like a zombie. Sh yeah, shuffling my way to the cinema. Great, here we go. Got to sit through this for an hour and a half. 
But yeah, but that's the, that's it works in his advantage because nobody cared or watched it or really bothered. Um, it means that when we say George Romero, we think Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, and Day of the Dead. So he he escapes his own legacy because no one cared. The signs are there in Day of the Dead, I think. But fair enough. But I mean, to actually answer your question about what do I remember Resident Evil, um, I would have been I would have been nine when that came out. Um, and seeing as that was also the age my mum rented Alien for me after months of nagging, I'm not really surprised, or I'm not sure why I'm surprised she let me play Resident Evil. Um, I remember it being very scary. I remember trying to play as Chris because I was nine, so I was going to be the man, because man strong, man mad. <laughs> yeah. And then very quickly realised that Chris is hard mode, switched to Jill with the lockpick in the more infantry space, and was like, Jill's the greatest, I like Jill. And then <laughs> from that point on, she's been like my favourite character in the series. Um, but yeah, just you know, Jill became easy mode. I'm not going to make any horrible jokes about Jill being easy. Um, but oh, I mean, you love Jill. Uh, Nemesis loves love Jill. Jill. Nemesis, yeah, Ugh. Nemesis is great. It's my favorite Resident Evil, but I guess that's slightly off topic. But yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I it was 25 years ago, so it's kind of hard to remember what I remember. Um, I remember it being scary. I remember the holding the aim button down every time I opened the door. Because I know it was for like mechanical gameplay reasons that the the door you had that kind of shot, classic shot of the door that would slowly creak open and then it would you know would load the next area in the background and that's what you saw to distract you from the fact it was loading. But as a nine year old, I had no idea that there was a reason for it. To me, it was just what's in the room, ah! and I was holding down the aim button. So the second it loaded back in, I'd be ready to shoot a zombie in the face, and I just remember being tense and scared. Um, I remember the puzzle seeming challenging, but again, I was nine, so maybe I was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember it just being like terrified. Like I remember the the zombies scaring more than any of the bosses. Um, just doing them and the way they shuffled and the sound effects, and when like it would have a ca- the camera angle would cut. And obviously, if you're familiar with it, it had fixed camera angles for for the first half of its lifespan as a franchise. It was when a zombie would be behind the camera, but then shuffle in front of it, so the zombie's face would just be right in the screen. Um, and of course, we're playing these back on our old, like, eighteen-inch portable CTR TVs, and that's annoying. when I'm lent, you know, close to the TV as I can possibly get, and then a zombie's face would suddenly appear, and I'd be like, "Ah, ah <laughs> zombie!" Um, yeah. So the game did very well. Uh, it, at the time it became shortly after its release, became the best-selling PlayStation game like of all time at the time. I'd probably say the best way of doing that. Um, uh, it also has an accolade, Ryan, which I don't know if you know about, which is in the you know, two, like things like the early 2000s, it was the, had the worst game dialogue ever <laughs> in the Guinness World Records Gamers Edition. I've just found that right now. Little unfair. I mean, was this just due to poor voice acting and bad localization, Or are the lines that like, awful and cheesy in Japanese? Do you know what? I would probably say that at the time, I mean, let's think about it was PlayStation 1 era. So let's think about all the games that would come out for PlayStation 1. You'd have bad shooters, things like Twisted Metal, platformers. The only things that came out with any, like, depth and story to them, I can think of three games. You've got Final Fantasy VII, which had no, no voice acting at all. You had Metal Gear Solid, which had yeah. a lot of voice acting. And then you had Resident Evil. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably say at the time it was... Just had voice acting, but Do you obviously the Metal Gear Solid plot's almost as confusing as the dialogue in Resident Evil. Hmm. 
Um, I do, yeah, I do do think it might have been to do with um, translation of the original like dialogue and just bad actors because I mean I think Metal Gear stands out, but Resident Evil was probably still better than everything else that came out at the time. Um, so yeah, Resident Evil plot wise, you are one of two uh, sort of SWAT teams. They're police, but they look more like sort of military um, and colourful ja- colourful jackets landing in the forest to try and find the other SWAT team. And obviously all hell breaks loose. A load of dogs murder everyone and the surviving people run back to the mansion. And then you had this beautiful, massive hallway that was eerily quiet and everyone's footsteps were echoing on the marble. And the game just immediately kicks off. And you're just sent off to investigate. Depending on who you are, of course, if you're Jill, you're with Barry. If you're Chris, you're on your own with uh, Wesker as well. And then you you investigate and find find your first zombie. And then you come back and you're on your own. And then the game just goes, all right, off you go then. All the haunting piano music as well and the echoey footsteps as you walk around the main hall of the mansion. It's just, ah. I mean, I suppose the sound engineer or the sound production in Resident Evil doesn't get mentioned often enough, but, oh, it's amazing. Just... Yeah. Did you ever? The piano uh, gives me chills even today. Did you ever try and open the front door to leave again? Even though the game was like, we shouldn't go there. There's dangerous dogs. Then sneaky cap come on the GameCube version. So I remember, obviously, as you try and open the door on the PlayStation version, uh, you open it and like, don't open that door. And then like a dog sticks his face in, and you have to like slam the door shut from the evil zombie dog. And I, obviously, playing the GameCube remake, I immediately went, oh, I'm going to open the door. Turn around to open the door. The dog jumps in, except in Resident Evil in the GameCube version, the dog makes it into the house and you then gotta fight it. Yep, you go, oh god, there's a dog, and you have to run around. <laughs> it's like pissed now, I killed this thing. But that was really, I really liked that. It was sneaky, but it was great because it was like, right, but they clearly knew that fans of the original were going to do that because, of course, they're going to. They're like, I can't even remember from the original, we'll try again. And the fact that they put it in and went, right, we're gonna punish you for that, you little sucks. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Um, so the there's a lot of, there's a lot from the original game, which is still memorable. You remember the sort of zombie turning its head in that cutscene? Yep. Right, in that initial sort of when you realise it's a zombie and the guy's head falls off. I know um, he was dead, but he was very, very pale. He he didn't look good, did he? Like, he didn't. the virus, I mean, you know, the virus really does a kicker to your skin complexion. Maybe maybe just working down in that lab all, all the time, he just, he's just a bit pale anyway. He looks like a mini egg now, obviously, if you're looking back at it. Um, he, he doesn't look great at all. Ruin my favourite chocolates. <laughs> you love them in here. You'll be like, you'll be eating them like zombies now. The next time we have one. Um, yeah. So you know you've got the the of course the next I think the next big moment is you walk through the. By the way, spoilers if you've not played the nineteen nineties game Resident Evil. Um, when you walk through one of the hallways on the other side of the mansion. If you haven't played Resident Evil, stop listening right now. Go play it and come back. Yes. So that's what pause buttons are for. At least. Yeah. I don't understand how you could be a gamer nowadays. And with the legacy that Resident Evil still has and the hype around Village, how you could have not at least played the GameCube remaster. If you haven't and you like horror games, what are you doing? Like, inexcusable. Inexcusable indeed. Um, so yeah, you walk through this U-shaped corridor and the game's first jump scare, you know, classic jump scare, as a dog bursts out of a window. Now what's clever about this is, is because it's a dog... And you're like, oh my fucking god! This is the first time you technically fight a dog. You you turn around and run like a coward, because you think, oh fucking hell, it's a dog. Fuck this, I'm gonna run away. But then a second dog jumps out in the next window. So if you keep running, you've suddenly got two dogs to deal with in one fight. 
And if you run a little bit and stop and turn around to fight, you've got another bloody dog jumping through the window behind you. Just yeah, I mean, genius. Heart stopping, shrieking moment of terror that will always be. Um, uh, yeah, just bastard dog in the window. Like it's it's one of those moments when you talk to gamers who played Resident Evil that all everyone mentioned dog in the window. It's like the pinnacle. Even though there's so many more horrific things to experience in that game, because that dog so early on and it's so frightening and unexpected, I think that's the moment that probably stands out to more gamers than anything else. Mm-hmm. You can talk about tyrants and all the other bosses, but it's. I think that's the moment because you're so you're almost like lulled into some security because it's it comes from outside the house and you're like oh the bad stuff's in the house and you can't interact with the outside and then bam it goes from one to the other and you're like ah. And what was what was brilliant as well is that you could you didn't have to go down the set path. We well, you, you know you you were stopped at one point, but you could go through any of the four doors in that main mansion and still move around and of course you would then find the the locked doors of the mansion which we'll get to in all the elaborate traps but you had four routes to go and the game would change cutscenes depending on which way you went so if you went one way and you know Barry would pop out and she'd be like Barry what are you doing here and he'd be like oh, I just went to investigate I- that's not a Barry voice, but that's how Connor how he sounds. And he would... it's, it's, it's weirdly an awful voice, yet better than the voice actor. It is, thank you, me. Um, yeah, you know, the game would throw Barry there, and you, you, it's just you investigating this mansion, but Barry's nearby, he's around, he's looking around and stuff. But immediately you'd have a sus- you'd be suspicious because, well, Barry said he was going one way, and now he's come this way instead. Um, you know, he did a great job of adding not only mystery to the mansion, but the mystery of what's going on here with everyone else who's here? You know, you find you find that, that these weird notes everywhere about the horrors of the mansion and these creatures, but it doesn't. It does a good job of not pointing out that this is an experiment yet or there's a lab nearby. It just points out that there's things around. Um, one of those notes is, of course, the itchy, scratchy note, which you may remember. Nope. You don't? Oh, Ryan. So there's a note that says... Um, one of the guys he's playing, like constantly talking about, he's playing poker, and he uh, he goes down to feed the dogs, and the dogs are really like nervous and scared of him, and he's like, whatever, I won't feed them today, and he keeps talking about how like all of a sudden these guys in hazmat suits broke into one of the rooms and was like, put these hazmat suits on, and they're like, oh fucking hell, what's happened now? Something's, there's been some sort of breakout or some sort, and then throughout the, the the notes he keeps talking about how he's he's getting warmer and his his body's itching and scratching, and then the one the one diary. Uh, extract he says how a bit of his arm fell off and he's panicking and he's like what the hell um and he keeps then he talks about how one of his friends was cheating at poker and he's got a stupid face and then even though he's a zombie at this point clearly a zombie at this point and i don't know why he's writing in his diary he goes oh stupid he's like stupid ryan face came killed him itchy tasty Mmm, yummy itchy scratchy tasty (laughs) and it's basically him writing down the only thoughts he's got left as a human before he slowly turns into one of the undead um, that's horrific because it implies that the zombies have some level of intelligence left other than like in my mind they're all just pure instincts like that's flesh I'm eating it but the idea, the idea that the zombie was shuffling towards Jill going mmm looks tasty mmm it's just it's somehow more horrifying than anything <laughs> but your, your voice was better than the zombie mmm tasty <laughs> like, it's just next level creepy that you know they're shuffling around the balcony upstairs while I'm on their like dining room floor and they're going mmm she looks scrumptious. It's just, <laughs> it's just 
<laughs> Brilliant. In, in less than a minute, we've ruined the horror of the zombies in it. It's like, <laughs> that looks like Toaster Lady. Um, I think it's, again, it's meant to imply that he's, you know, he's completely losing it. He's losing his, his sanity as well as his body because he just kills one of his mates and then starts to eat him and then it goes from there. But that's one of the sort of classic, classic sort of uh, the notes that you find and some little snippets of the story. Um, the next one is, I'd probably say, the shotgun when playing as Jill, when you decide to take the shotgun off the clearly trapped wall. I mean, we've skipped over the most classic line in the entire game. Oh, yes, silly me. Yes, yes. Okay, we'll go back a little bit. Yeah, so when you... So Jill goes through... This is almost like a let's play now, walkthrough. Yeah, you you investigate and um, there's, you know, you go into this massive dining room and Barry just goes, wow, he goes in... Originally he goes, wow, what a mansion. And then he goes into the dining room. He's like... Dining room, and you walk around for being investigate, and there's some blood on the floor. And what does he say, Ryan, when he sees this blood? Hope this not Chris's blood. And then you hear the oh. then you hear the disc of the PlayStation One load slightly to get the next bit of line dialogue in. <laughs> uh, what always bugged me about that as well is you know when you you investigate the zombie and you 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 shoot it or not shoot it and it comes back into the dining room and Barry kills it. Yeah. She goes, ah, a monster. And then he shoots it three times in the face with a magnum. <laughs> I'm like, one shot. Fucking hell, Barry. Um, well, that's Barry's magnum. Clearly, it's not as good as everyone else's. No, no, clearly not. Clearly not. The tiger python. Um, I think it was called the tiger python. I can't remember. I'm sure it was called the python magnum or something. Um, they just chucking animals together. <laughs> yeah. There's it's enough a tiger of, python. There's enough of them in the mansion. Um yeah, so you walk into a like a linear, you go through a sort of linear corridor to a room with one door, and there's a shotgun on the wall, and you take the shotgun off the wall, and the brackets it was on fall down, and there's a giant clicking noise, and then you go back into the next room, and what happens, Ryan? The fucking doors are locked, and the roof starts to come down like an Indiana yeah. Jones trap. You have no choice but to panic and go back into the room and put the shotgun back, or put the fake shotgun you found that's somehow exactly the same weight. Back on the bracket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you um, switch a room, Indiana Jones style, and then you go back, and obviously the ceiling's where it's supposed to be because the mechanism's safe. And then Barry, oh, is he second in from this line? Yes, so Jill, as you said before, Jill's like the easy mode, so you can get the shotgun straight away as Jill. But if you play as Chris, you have to use the fake shotgun. So if you stand there for long enough, it kind of triggers a cutscene, and Barry's like got his ear pressed against the door. <laughs> He's just a bit of a nosy neighbour. Um, and he rescues Jill by kicking the door in. And I'm going to admit something right now. For many, many years, I didn't know that he said you were nearly a Jill sandwich. Did you think he said? Which completely makes sense because, you know, she's squash, her name's Jill. I thought he said, I thought he said you were nearly a Jibble sandwich. What's a jibble? I don't know. I just thought, what's jibble? It must be some sort of American jam. I don't know, because I don't know what that means. Get your jibble sandwich, y'all. Fresh from <laughs> Valentine Incorporated. Mm, do you think the zombies are like, that looks like a tasty jibble sandwich? You've got your jibble? <laughs> I didn't know what it meant. Um, I can't remember when I was like, oh, jill sandwich. And see, that makes... Just Thanks a lot. Of memes, just yeah, memes. A lot more sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, so again, you've got... I mean, Resident Evil had these brilliant moments and they were all made a lot better by the static camera angles. I think if it was a free-roaming camera in some way, it wouldn't have been as scary because when you go into that room with the ceiling coming down, it, it, the game hints at you when you walk in there because the camera angle is looking directly down at you, implying that you're being watched or implying that something is above you. And yeah, it was the ceiling, which was about to I mean, squash you into a jibble sandwich. Trigger warning. Uh, but I would say that moving the camera angle a la Resident Evil 4 was when the uh, rot began to set into the Resident Evil franchise. I would Resident say that so it, it, I would, it doesn't suck. It's brilliant. Don't even try <laughs> that going there. I mean, it works for four because it's a fast-paced action game. And you need to aim. It's still because that's tank what controls. I want from my storied survival horror series: is action and the president's whiny daughter and roundhouse kicking villagers. When that's, that's exactly what I think of when I think of mansions and cities and giant super monsters. Right in a world of the Resident Evil films and Resident Evil Five and Resident Evil Six and all the other terrible Resident Evil phone games, you can't diss Resident Evil Four. So don't even go there, oh, and we'll get oh, off that subject you, straight you away. You can't even shoot Resident Evil Four because everything after was so much worse. <laughs> that's, that's like being like, you can't say the Great War was snap because World War Two was worse. <laughs> no, Resident Evil 4 is brilliant. I won't have anything said against it, but we'll get back to the original Resident Evil. When it's the 25th anniversary of Resident Evil 4, then you can give out about it. Um, no. <laughs> my, my, that, that game almost ruined. If it wasn't Resident Evil 7, Resident Evil would be, would be undead to me. Uh, just no. It, it, it was the beginning of the end. But we've got, you know, two Resident Evil games between that to talk about as well, I suppose. So. Yeah, it's I mean, plenty of good on, on their anniversaries, we'll get to those. Um, but yeah, the static camera angle is like, okay, a little, a little bit cheap at times because you run around a corner and there'll be a zombie there ready to bite you. But the static camera angle was, did way more to add to the game than it took away. Um, again, we're going to talk about the original more, but the remake managed to get have a use of shadows and there were loads of scenes where there'll be just a shadow highlighted on the one wall and you're thinking, oh no, I've got to go around the corner. I've got no choice but to go around the corner. You know, some add some nice tension, um, but yeah, you had well, even had in the original when you had static cameras, you could sometimes like hear like the horrible wet slushy sounds of the zombies moving or a groan, and you'd like inch forward, like tiptoe by tiptoe, like come on zombie, come on, <laughs> come get your jibble sandwich. And it's like, <laughs> you'd be like you were trying to bait the zombie basically. Yeah, but come on, come on, I'm just gonna pull you down the corridor, so I can run around you, but it, it wouldn't always work. So the game also was, was like the first survival horror game and people talk about, oh, having no ammunition. But what's more worse, I think, is the limited save files for the ink ribbons because you knew that you had to dedicate a save. You know, you'd almost be like, well, is this a good time to save? Is this worth a save? Because I can't go back in any way. So if I've used up a ton of bullets on a bus, I'm living with that from now on. And for all yeah. you know, you might be screwed for the rest of the game in certain respects. It was, it was the first time I remember having to think, have I done enough to to do save now? Have I, you know, if I've killed two zombies and run around the corner and found a, a herb, or an herb, as it technically grammatically correct states, mm. um, you'd be like, no, I haven't done enough, so you'd carry on. But then give it by a zombie, but I'm not saving now, reload. So I, thought, well, I think the limited save points kind of hindered the horror in a way, because... It would kind of take you out of the game and you'd be like, right, I need to actually evaluate if it's worth saving. Oh, I've been bit. I'm not using a herb. Reload. So sometimes you'd get to a segment and you'd just be like, reload, reload, reload. I didn't. I never did that as a, like, as a, as a kid. Maybe now, but I didn't do it as a kid. I think I just lived with the decision. No, I'd be like, no, reload. You little cheat. 
you know, cheater. Um, yeah, so the limited ammunition, the limited medicines and first aid kits and the, the herbs. Um, they never actually, did they ever actually really explain how the herbs worked? Because they, they, they had like an in-game meta diary of someone talking about how these coloured herbs enhanced everything. But you, you've got to assume that you grind down the plant into like a, you know, a, a, a powder or a form and then just rub it into the wound. But when you look at the actual physical item in the game, it looks like you just snort it because it just looks like some powder on a, a tissue. Little, yeah, a little powder. You just, yeah, I assume you just slap it on the wound and then you get better. She has a little like snort of it and then you're fine to go, yeah. Um, yeah, and the game did have um, alternate endings and alternate scenes. There were several scenes in sort of you know end end of the game some these things could happen i think it was like four endings to each character depending on if you saved their partner and if you saved the other person who'd been kidnapped if you're playing as jill that'd be chris and chris of jill but yeah the game was just just i think it was revolutionary for its time that and metal gear solid and final fantasy 7 are kind of like the holy trinity of playstation 1 games that were that just really really raised the bar for not just genres but gaming in general that would that would be interesting to to get uh, do an episode at some point where we basically crown the best ps1 game and it's going to be one of those three and work out who'd be in what camp so you'd clearly be in the resident evil camp i reckon um just for your over, power over final zombies. fantasy 7 yeah i'd put you i'd say like especially like knowing your gaming repertoire as i do i would probably say if we were going to pick one of us to be resident evil mascot it would be you um I'd probably be Metal Gear mascot, even though in recent years I've become a huge Final Fantasy fan. For the time and the nostalgia, it's Metal Gear all the way. And I don't think we would, who would, who would, who would, no. I don't think anyone of any of the group would actually put seven. Maybe we'd have to put you as Final Fantasy seven and point to last Resident Evil. No, I think I would probably pick seven over Resident Evil, and I think Mark would probably pick Metal Gear over Resident Evil. So it's so no sad it's so say on the anniversary <laughs> edition. Yeah, well, it's probably not Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> Mid-race episode, go play one of these other two games instead. <laughs> happy, happy 25 years, wasn't he? Well, cheers. Um, yeah, but like, you, so you had obviously these possible mortal endings. Again, spoilers. You, if you're playing as Jill, you could leave Chris to die and escape on the helicopter and he'd be blown up with a mansion. I don't remember any of this. Oh, man. you, you I did spring this on you because you had this seat, you had like the three keys that unlocked his. Unlocked his um, his cell, and that's how you got him out. Or you could just go fight Tyrant if you wanted to. And there isn't there was an ending that how Barry would actually die, but permanently die, and he wouldn't turn up for the final battle. So it just would just be you. You'd be the sole, sole survivor of the Stars teams. The 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 Barry thing happened to me because he wasn't there when I fought this stupid twat in the swimming pool. <laughs> Worst boss fight ever. That was. Oh, I can shoot his ankles. Ah! <laughs> it was swimming pool. I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering it. I remember him paddling around. <laughs> like he just walked around an area and I shot him in the ankles. I could be totally misremembering the end of the game. I haven't played it since the remake came out on GameCube in what 2002. Now, see, that's an interesting subject we'll get to because it has the so so we'll we'll may as well go into that now. Has the remake overshadowed the original? I would say yes. But only to people that love the original in this weird kind of, I don't know, paradoxical kind of way. Because you only played or cared about the remake if you liked the original. 
Yeah. Well, I guess it, once he it came out and was so beloved and so well done, perfectly executed in my mind, you had very little reason to go back and play the original original when you had the GameCube version. So after after that point, after the 2000 GameCube when it came out, if I wanted to play Resident Evil, I wouldn't pull out the PlayStation and play Resident Evil. I'd pull out the GameCube and play the remake mm. because it was yeah, it was it was similar enough to be like right, this is Resident Evil, but had all the kind of you know modern trimmings of better graphics, much better graphics. Beautiful looking game. Oh yeah, brilliant game. And yeah, so I just I just pull out that. So I've probably played and completed the remake more times than the original. I've never completed the original as Chris. I've only ever completed it as Jill. Um, so hard as Chris. Yeah, if they learn to use the knife. Yeah, if they put the um, they haven't put any of the they haven't put Resident Evil one, two, and three on the Xbox. This is a shame. A lot of people have been asking for that. They wanted like a trilogy. I think it's been rintinted. I think there was rumours like a re-release of the three, but it'd be nice if they're on there. Um, but the remake's just outstanding. Just the visuals are brilliant. The new scenes they've added in are, are so beautiful for a game that old. Because of the, you know, the, they don't have to put, they can build the backgrounds and con- and and then they're done and then concentrate on everything else. But some of the backgrounds of the game are stunning. Just the lighting effects and the, just the visuals that add to the mansion and the, the you know the creepiness of the camera angles, just amazing. Um, yeah, so you you know you have you have these elements of mystery. Should we talk about the puzzles in the mansion? I mean, you can. I probably don't remember half of them. <laughs> I remember the tyrant being in the paddling pool. So, <laughs> do, you remember, do, you remember, do you mean the shark? There was a shark bus you could drain the water from. Do you know I mean I might do? I might have just combined the two. I might have just combined the tyrant and the shark and gone right. Bus, water, kill it, shoot it. I don't know. Fair, you're really embarrassing me right now with this this Resident Evil hey, knowledge. Right? I knew we were talking about Resident Evil ten minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so you had the puzzles, and you know one of the puzzles would. The classic is, of course, the keys. So the mansion has four keys that you find behind locked doors. So I don't know how they ended up locking the doors behind them, but we won't get into that. It's a game. And, of course, each of, the one, each of them was like there was a star, there was a moon, you know, it was the, you know all these elements. No, no, it wasn't. I've messed up as well. It was the spades, wasn't it? It was diamonds. No, wasn't it like the clubs of the... Yes, yeah, it was the, the, the card. card keys. Uh, whoever built the mansion was a psychopath. And then you had the... There was a one classic puzzle, which was push the statue onto the button and don't get gassed. That's <laughs> basically oh, yeah. it. <laughs> and then, you know, but what was the but things that we even had a Metroid element to it where you, you had, you, at one point you find two diamonds, like a red and blue diamond. One of them is essential to go back and get an item, but the other isn't. And if you go back to this area where you put the red diamond in, put the blue diamond in or whichever way was it around, you got the Magnum. It was yeah. behind like a behind by like a tiger statue, um, so you know it had elements of like backtracking and stuff, and it's just brilliant. Um, I always thought that a Magnum should have like its own track on and Taylor, where it's like Resident Evil Magnum, the best <laughs> gun you'll never use. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you get to like the, the the tyrant, and you're like, oh my god, fire every bullet, fire every bullet, and then you, you almost get frustrated when you've got this happens to me in every Resident Evil game. I have like hundreds of shotgun shells left at the end of the game because I'm really careful with the pistol and using the knife. And I'm like, I could have been blowing zombies to pieces for half that game. Never mind. Well, what is quite cool about Resident Evil as the story franchise and how old it is and with the advent of streaming is occasionally when I'm bored and I browse like Twitch or Mixer or whatever, um, I'll see someone playing a Resident Evil and go, oh, I'll just have a little look. Um, and you can tell if it's the first time they've played a Resident Evil game or not within about 10 minutes. Because if they're new, 
they shoot every zombie they see. Uh, <laughs> you're like, what are mistake. you doing? Yeah. What are you, just, just kite him and run around in circles. You don't <laughs> shoot him. <laughs> it just makes me chuckle because, I mean, at points, once you've been there, especially once you played Resident Evil 1 and 2 and 3 and everything mechanically was basically the same, you would just be like, oh, you're, you're a zombie. All right, you walk at me, keep going. Uh, all right, I go. And you just you don't shoot them. Yeah, you'd, you you'd clear out the, the, the whole point to do really well at the game was to clear a single route that would lead you back to various paths so you didn't there were certain rooms it's like i'm never coming back here again because there's no reason to like there's no yeah no no reason, no reason just, at all just go and do a loop especially if you had certain enemies there because zombies remember weren't the only enemies in the game you had uh there were certain areas outside with crows little bastards they were sons of bitches i don't think i've ever killed <laughs> i don't think i've ever killed a single crow in a resident of a game i just run away immediately yeah <laughs> it's horrible like, oh i've got i've got the herb it's fine yeah <laughs> um you had the dogs um later on the game had spiders which are horrible for horrible like giant tarantulas like the, they looked terrifying I've yeah been, like, i'm not scared of spiders as a rule i was scared of them spiders Mm. <laughs> I don't know if it was the graphics or the way they were like textured for the time I had, but there was something about them that just made them ugh, like so when they move skin crawling. Yeah, that's the way they move. Um, and then of course you had um, there was like these there were like monkeys, weren't there? And the infected monkeys in the laboratory at the end of Resident Evil that like were really fast, like super fast little fuckers. So again, I just ran past them as best I could, and I thought I'll take the hits and run away. Don't remember the monkeys. No, that was that were only at the very end. There's only a few of them in like one section. But I bet Ryan, I bet you remember the hunters. Fucking get the camper. Fucking <laughs> door camping, head cutting up, little sons of bitches. They were so annoying. <laughs> so that's when you were supposed to use the magnum. That was like, nah, you need the magnum for these guys. Shoot them. Um, yeah, hunters were scary. Because the worst part of that is that was in. So in, in so in the original Resident Evil, you if you remember, you go finally find your way outside the mansion, and you find your way into like a, um, like a like a science lab or a quarters that's on the outskirts of the mansion. Where in the original, you just walk down a corridor and you go in there. But in the remake, you go through a forest area and there's another boss, and that was really cool, like Lisa Trevor. But in the original, it's like a little, like a little herb sort of gardens garden area of like staff quarters. And there's a tiny little science lab in there, and that's where the giant plant, the Plant 42, has taken over the whole area. It was obviously some experimental plant that got into the T-virus and sucked up all this water from the end, and it just comes this giant, giant, giant plant that just taken over the entire place. And you do what you do there. You deal with this, like, huge plant boss. But then when you go back to the mansion, all you've done is picked up the last key. So you're like, brilliant, mansion's empty, haven't got much to do. Then the game springs hunters on you. Oh, my goodness, were they terrifying. Uh, absolutely terrifying as a kid because they suddenly you suddenly went from shambling zombies to these super fast giant lizards who would jump and cut your fucking face off yeah they weren't even remotely fair because <laughs> they just kind of emphasize the despair you'd feel at that point of you know jill or chris's day of today's been crap there's zombies and dogs and crows and all the other creatures. Oh, now I've got to deal with that. At that point, that's what I'd have died if I was in that mansion. If I'd have survived death and house, I felt like the first time I saw a hunter, I'd have just gone, nah, fuck it. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're, just, they're just unfair. I'd take my chance with the dogs. Yeah, I'd take my chance with the dogs out the front door. 
There's nothing about Hunters that seems remotely fair. It was like, oh, like what you said earlier about today, we're dealing with the game harder to stop people renting it. Well, Hunters just like, crap, this guy's really good. Put some Hunters in it. They'll never finish it now. The bitches are terrifying. Because they still took a decent amount of shots from something like the shotgun to go down. Yep. And uh, you know the mag and the, the worst part is that you had to go through a decent amount in the mansion first to get to the magnum. So that, you know the magnum was the thing to take them out. Um, but oh yeah, brilliant game. So many good memories of it. You've got the snake boss as well. The, the game did yep, have some bosses. Boss. So you had the giant snake boss. Um, and again, depending on what character you played as, different things happened, and you had to get the four. Oh, I, that's it. That's it. The, the four emblems to open the door with the sort of wind, sun. Uh, you know, weather element di- uh, crests. These lots of like like collectible coins, and they were like put around the mansion as well. Who made the mansion? Who locked all this stuff away? Did all the doors automatically lock? In you know this like scenario of the mansion going belly up, did all the doors lock immediately and all the keys get left on the ground? But but again, it's. I'm going to give you a. I'm going to give you a copper answer and say the Spencers. The spent yes, they did do that. The spent the Spencer mansion yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, brilliant. And then, of course, you find your way through this spooky, mysterious mansion, meeting various members of the Stars team, dead and dying around the mansion. How they got through the locked doors again, I don't know. It's fine. It's a game. Um, and there'd always be intrigue on what they were doing there or, you know, why they were there and, or someone was doing this, someone was doing that. Just brilliant. It, It had good action, you know, for the, for the time. Uh, the whole standing still tank controls had detention because you were like, I've got to literally stand and fight. The camera angles, the mystery, the puzzles, the brilliant visuals, the music, or the or the use of no music at times. Yeah, just just a, a juggernaut of a game series. Well, to, to answer your earlier question, Neil, the Spencer Mansion was a mansion in a private hotel in the outskirts of Raccoon City. Oh, Several nice. miles into the Arclay Mountains. It was built by George Trevor, of Trevor and Chamberlain, it was completed in 1967 as a private mansion for Dr. Oswald E. Spencer and Earl Spencer. Uh, I'm nicking all this from residentevil.fandom.com, so shout out to them. Um, but what's great is I've scrolled down to the section of architecture, Neil. Uh, here you go. Understatement of the century. Unlike more typical mansions, the Spencer mansion did not conform to any particular set style. <laughs> did, did it not? <laughs> Can you imagine like, walking in? Hello, uh, architect. I would like a mansion that has a lab underneath it, weirdly locked key-coded doors that represent symbols. Like, what are they going to turn around and go, ah, yes, the Enigma mansion, of course. Like, no, it's, it's ridiculous. Do you think some Do you think some builder was just like, well, it's going to cost a little more. We're going to need to get the parts. But yeah, sure, absolutely. I mean, in, in recent years, uh, I assumed it was based on that American serial killer's house who basically built like a maze room or a maze house in his house. Like he had like, hidden doors and walls and rooms and traps all over the place where, you know, people would like, be like, yes, madam, come and sleep in this room. And he'd lock one door and then do some move a switch and that would like, the door wouldn't open. Ooh. It basically had like a horrible house of serial killer and murder. I think it's somewhere in Chicago, I want to okay. say. But, uh, yeah. but yeah. apparently it's, it's not an homage to a real life serial killer at all. Um, it's just a messy house. So, yeah, we the game does a really good job of adding to this mystery. And even, you know, you kind of think, oh, where's everyone gone? One of my teammates has run off, which, of course, is Wesker. 
And when you do meet him, he's just completely chilled and cool. He's like, oh, hey, how you doing? Yeah, I just went and investigated something. And now I'm back two hours later. Bye. Total cock. Yeah, obviously it is revealed that Wesker is the bad guy. And and if if you find a particular photo, it shows Wesker in a lab coat with all these people in the lab. So you're obviously like, oh my God, why is he here? Is it, he works at these works here. If not, it, it, the, the, the twist is when you're walked into the laboratory with Wesker and Barry, you're shown Tyrant for the first time in you know one of the sort of test tubes. And then Barry just pulls his gun on you. And Wesker's like, good job, Barry. And you're like, oh my God, it's a twist. It's a twist. Just, again, brilliant stuff for the time. Brilliant storytelling. I mean, this is making me sad, to be honest, Neil. The celebration of Resident Evil's 25th anniversary, because you're describing a fantastic game that I've got fun memories of. It was followed by two fantastically brilliant games. And then we had 10 years of boulder-punching, over-the-shoulder camera bollocks. Yeah, five and six were not great games at all. I mean, um, six six had Nemesis in it, so... I guess like one bright spot for being so awful, I got to spoof Nemesis with Nemesis. Yeah. But other than that, <laughs> it was not much there. No. Um... But the plots and then the weird and like the, the superhero powers everyone developed and Jill's got that horrible thing on her chest, which for some reason... I mean, we all due respect to Four for having some sort of, you know, like wacky badass action stuff. You could actually blame Code Veronica for that. Because Code Veronica had that as well. He had Wesker, there was a fight with Wesker where he's like literally zooming across the screen, like karate chopping you in the face when you play as Claire. Mm, so it's not necessarily Four's fault, but you know, Four, they wanted to go into the action level, but it works for Four. It's weird because it worked brilliantly for Four, but it didn't work for Five and Six. I don't think they really knew what they were doing. But the original Resident Evils. Yeah, you could argue two and three had some more action elements into them with like the exploding barrels and more enemies on screen at once. But it still held, it still had that survival, he- survival horror element to them. And considering the scenarios, obviously two and three are set in a city that's collapsing around it. It's chaos everywhere. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. It suits it. Um, I number- think that if you made a montage of gameplay from Resident Evil 1, 2 and 3, didn't name the series and gave them to a, a teenager nowadays, and went, right, play these. They'd be like, yeah, they're all from the same game series. And then if you went, right, add some levels from 4 in, they'd be like, what the piss is this? This isn't the same franchise. It's not even remotely similar. If, if Resident Evil 4 was called something else, would, it, would anyone have played it? Probably not. Uh, well, I mean, we, 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 you, you're trying to turn this into shit on Resident Evil 4, I've noticed, even though it is the best game in the series. But it, Resident Evil 4 did go through a loads of crazy changes, so it's possible. Um, but yeah, Resident Evil 1... And the first were up until Resident Evil 4 was released. <laughs> Again, you're trying to turn this into shit on Resident Evil 4, and I'm not having it. So, <laughs> Resident Evil 1, yeah, you had the, the Stars members going through this mystery. Chris gets kidnapped, or Jill gets kidnapped at the start, and then whoever you play as, you go through a mansion of horror, monsters, mystery, oddly locked doors. And of course, uh, all the horrors in the world you can possibly think of as all your friends and colleagues are dying around you. And then, of course, you get the classic trope that all the Resident Evils have had, that the game ends in a laboratory and slightly goes downhill at that point. (laughs) Every single Resident Evil, you get to the lab and you're like, oh, it was better when we were in the spooky area. But yeah, you get to the laboratory, there's more shenanigans to be had. 
And of course, you have the big boss fight with the tyrant. So you love you love Nemesis from Resident Evil Three, yeah? Yeah. Old Nemesis. Oh, Nemesis. Is he. So why so is he's not Nemesis? Nemesis is Nemesis because he was scary. And right. the piece of crap that chases you around in number six wasn't scary. So while we were playing the game, I nicknamed him. Oh, oh look, Nemesis is back because uh, he was crap and rubbish. I thought Nemesis was your term of endearment for Nemesis like no, things. No, ne- Nemesis actually scared me, so oh, okay. he gets respect. All he right. gets his actual name. So what about? I mean, Tyrant was of course meant to be this bio weapon that we're going to sell to the military. Probably wasn't a good idea to put his giant heart on the outside of his body. I feel like when it came yeah. to research and development, there was more development than there was research on that particular bit. <laughs> just it just happened. They were like, yeah, well, it wasn't a plan. It just happened one day. And I went, ah, yeah, sell it. It's fine. Yeah, um, of course. And again, different things can happen. Um, a tyrant can smack Barry or smack Wesker. And you have to then fight the tyrant, and the game ends in the, another Resident Evil classic. If you've only got three minutes until the place blows up, and then you're you again, and possibly Chris. I think there's more scenarios where like more people can be fighting him at once. You go out and have the final fight against the clock against the tyrant. The the real bad guy, of course, which is Wesker and the pharmaceutical company Umbrella, who obviously in the world are kind of just sell you know aspirin and lemsip and stuff. Uh, they're nowhere to be seen. Uh, you know, we we get a feeling he'll pop up in later games. He somehow survives, but the final battle is you versus Tyrant. No matter what weapons you've got, you just can't kill it. And then a big giant rocket launcher is dropped from the sky by your uh, Alpha Team helicopter pilot. Uh, which and do you know what? Uh, do you know what? I don't even think there's a there's a snappy one liner when you're shooting a Tyrant. There should have been. I, I mean. I don't know what you say to a giant tyrant while you're firing a rocket at it, but... That's got to be something. Maybe that's why. Maybe Capcom sat there in the office going, what should she say? Or what should he, what should you say, the player say? When he, and everyone was like, nothing sounds cool enough, just don't say anything. You're going to be a jibble sandwich! If it was, you know, on the par with the rest of the dialogue in the game, it would be some awful, like, I'm going to blow this out of proportion. <laughs> and then, like, some, <laughs> like something dreadful. Um, I hope this is not Chris's blood. <laughs> yeah, just, I don't know. Yeah, it probably would have been awful anyway. Yeah, so it's a game famous for its zombies, its camera angles, and of course its voice acting. Um, Resident Evil has, has been like a, a, a juggernaut in the gaming industry. Uh, the remake came out for the GameCube and then thankfully came out on everything else so you can experience the, the, the remake. He seems to be able to experience the remake more than the original. It's The remake's more highly available, which is not a bad thing because the remake is brilliant. Like, absolutely. I think it, as bad as it sounds, I will, I will much rather play the remake than the original. Well, I mean, it's, it's certainly aged better because it's not as old. Um, but a lot of it is probably like weird licensing things, isn't it? Like, the Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3 originals, or well, the remake, and then 2 and 3 that were released on a GameCube go for a weird amount of cash now. They're like 70, 80 quid a piece mm. um, to buy on the GameCube because they're one of the only ways of actually playing the original versions of 2 and 3 that isn't on the PlayStation. And so it's just odd that Capcom have just kind of left them. Obviously, they've remade 2, and I guess they've remade 3. Um, but, yeah, it's weird. It's an odd one that the, the franchise is back on its feet after years of ick. But I have a question for you, Neil. Can you remember what STAR stands for? Special Teams and Reconnaissance Services? 
it's special tactics and rescue service. Oh, but what we... makes what always makes me laugh about that is in most like acronyms, you cut out like it of and like the small words you don't put in. But because the, if, they, if they took the A out of stars, it would be like, it wouldn't be a word. So they had to put and as a big letter for it to actually spell a word. Well, <laughs> it just always made me laugh, like like language wise. I was like, just like, like special tactics and rescue service. It's a, you know, where really you go special tactics and rescue service. It's just, Nemesis wouldn't have been scared if he just went stirs. (laughs) Why is he from Devon? (laughs) Farmer Nemesis, he's got a pitchfork instead of a rocket launcher. Weed coming out of his mouth. Um, There's actually some good books as well. Like I remember, I haven't got it anymore, but there was actually novelizations of the um, original Resident Evils in books, which it, it combined like drilling Chris into one book, which is good because the game doesn't do that. The, the problem with the game is when you play as either one, the other character is locked away. So I'm guessing the book shows some sort of canon with them both being in the mansion at once, um, even though that isn't true. I mean, I don't know what the canon is in terms of... What, like a Benny Hill sketch? Every time Jill goes through one yeah. door, Chris yeah, goes through so. another and they just keep missing each other. I guess they they do see each other at, time, at points, but like obviously in the game, the, the other person is locked away for you know, the entire game and just been up until the end fight, even if you let them go or not. So it'd be interesting to see what the canon is. Um, uh, I mean, it's a good time to also mention that, of course, they are doing another reboot of the Resident Evil movie coming out soon. Are they? Yes. Yes. Um, I believe if, if, it's out this year. If anyone thought I ever did any research before coming into this podcast, <laughs> they, they're definitely disillusioned to that now. Okay, would you like to, the title of the movie? This is the official title: is Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. It hasn't got multipath in it, has it? <laughs> no, it's not. No, she's not. No, she's not. Um, she's not in it. Uh, Mila Jovovich and her terrible husband are not involved. That's her name. And not involved in the new movie in any way whatsoever. Um, as far you as I know. I've got the casting. Um, oh, oh, oh! Oh, thank God for that. I saw one name and I was like, I couldn't pronounce that, but it's next. That's Claire Redfield. Um, someone called Hannah John Kamen. Right, Google time. Because so, what's the interesting? only good thing about those movies was that in the second one, when they cast Sienna Gilly as Jill Valentine, she was like spawn. Um, this is a 31-year-old from Yorkshire. I don't think she doesn't look the part of your Valentine, but you know that's what makeup's for. <laughs> really vaguely insulted, but I got what you meant. Um, she was in Game of Thrones. Oh, and oh, and in Ready Play. Oh, she was Ghost in Ant 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 Man and the Wasp as well. Okay, interesting. Yeah, but what's interesting about looking at when I look at the Wikipedia of the movie, and this is what we haven't got trailers yet, but this is what's going to baffle me. Is that Ryan? Uh, the cast consists of Jill Valentine, Chris Redfield, Albert Wesker, William Birkin, Richard Aiken, Ada Wong, Claire Redfield, and Leon S. Kennedy. So the game, the, the new movie sorry, is actually Resident Evil One and Two into and one two. movie. Yeah. yeah, which is. I mean, look, looking at the cast now, the only person who even remotely looks like if I was casting this movie, the only people who look even remotely 
like I'd imagine, would be uh, Lily Gao as Ada Wong and uh, Donald Logue as Irons. Everyone else, I'm like, who are you? Yeah, you the, like the, the guy playing Leonis Kennedy is not what I'd expect from Leonis Kennedy. He's oh, not t- punching a boulder, is oh, he? Oh, Tom, Tom, Tom Hopper. I know him. He'd be like, he looks like he'd make a good Wesker, but... Hmm. Um, he looks too manly. Wesker looks more like seedy, <laughs> conniving. Oh no, the guy, bag. the guy playing Chris Redfield, Robbie Amell, looks good. Um, yeah, if you clicked on Avon Jogia, however that's pronounced, he's playing Leonis Kennedy. Yeah. I mean, he's a handsome lad. Oh, um, I know who that. Oh, sorry, go on. But he ain't the Chris Adacast. No, but you he's know, not. It, it's. It's 2021 now, Neil. You've got to be more diverse in your castings. You can't yes. just be like, where's all your white people at? Well, I mean, Leon's... Okay, we'll see. Um, Neil McDonough, who plays um, William Birkin, is from Band of Brothers. Yeah, you're going to be a fan of Yes, he is. One of the brothers. So, yeah, we've got a movie to come. Um, we've had lots of books like years ago. I don't know if they're... I wonder if I just want to find them. Give them a read again, but... I know there are some comics that are worth a fair bit to the white collector. Mm. I don't think I've got any. I haven't got because they did an issue for Resident Evil, which I definitely don't have. Might have a couple of the Resident Evil two ones knocking around somewhere. Um, don't know where, but I'm, I feel like I vaguely have some of them. Well, we haven't got a trailer yet for it, but the film is coming out in September. Whether or not, of course, that will happen with what's going on <gasps> in the world. <laughs> Can we go watch it in 4DX? We fucking can't. Fine, tell the four, <laughs> fine, tell the 4DX story. So, I don't remember. Did we pay for those tickets? Yeah, yeah, I paid for we the ticket sign because I distinctly remember being out of a job about two weeks beforehand and I was like, I'm not paying for this movie, being unemployed. Um, but I did because well, I'm a good friend. We've never been to see a 4DX movie and we decided we would go and I was like, let's go watch. Because we didn't, we thought that 4DX itself as a, medium i guess would interfere with our enjoyment of a film hmm. so knowing that the resident evil movies hadn't been particularly good we thought you know we'll go watch resident evil because worst case scenario a crappy way of watching the film interferes with a crappy film and we're not going to be upset but we went to watch resident evil apocalypse was oh god i don't know there's so many of them are also bad but it was the last resident evil wasn't it it was the final movie in the franchise yeah. So we decided to spend the ridiculous, like, what, £18 each to watch it in 4DX. And everyone we spoke to about it, when we were talking about how awful the overall experience was, we kept smiling and laughing. And everyone was like, but you seemed like you had a good time, but it was awful. Like the way like, the camera would, like, at one point it swoops over, like, what was like an abandoned, like, nuclear tower and zooms in and your chair would, like, lurch forward. And then when Claire got kicked into a wall and the shock pad in the back hit you and... Terrible. It was awful. Terrible experience. But I did. I do have fun memories of it, so it, it must have worked on some level. That's because I think we were having. Was it in three? Do we have three D glasses on as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's everything I everything I hate about a film. Yeah, the seats were uncomfortable. There was only two other people in the entire cinema. I think we put our arms in the air and shouted "we" at one point when we were like being moved around by the chairs. Um, Not to mention it took them 20 minutes to calibrate the right seat because they don't turn <laughs> all the did. seats on if the screen is empty. So they kept getting confused to where the only other two people in the cinema were sat yeah. and had to recalibrate the seats constantly. Yeah, uh, water sprays at you, the chairs shake around. And to make matters worse is I'm guessing if this was if this was a good film, like 1917, I think I'd genuinely be annoyed because I'd be like, this is completely ruining this film. But 
the the res that Resident Evil is known for having like a cut a second during some of the action sequences. Like a car would be driving forward and it would be like cut 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 at that level of speed and you couldn't you hadn't a clue what was going on. Not a clue what was going on. And I remember being really angry at the movie because it was like, oh, there's only one bastion of human life left. And like they show this like military base in the middle of the desert because I think it's a desert for some reason. And it's surrounded by thousands of zombies. And the camera pans down and it goes to like a boardroom with loads of suits and scientists who were discussing the virus. And I'm like, why are you talking about this? Look outside. Do you have a window? Open it. It would. It just, I mean, at that point, no one would be... Sat, you know, talking about the development of the virus and production and you know, distributing it across the world. Just nonsense. Absolute nonsense. So you can say, oh, it's a, the new movie's a reboot and we have to give it, you know, a fair shot. But no, the film's already on a thumbs down for me because of the past films. Christ, I mean, you talk about the fucking games going a bit bonkers, but the films, Jesus wept. Yeah, I, mean, I, wouldn't, I was excited for it. I'll go watch it. What always annoys me about those kind of like end of the world movies is that I guess like the science nerd in me takes over and there'll be like 40 people in this bunker and they're like, we're the last hope for humanity. And I'm like, no, you're not. It's not enough people for a viable gene pool. <laughs> just immediately just annoys yeah, me. What's just the point like, in, what's the point in breeding? You just all just sit there and live it out and then that's it. You're done. What, a cra- what a crap universe. Like, what if we get to the point where zombies have taken over the world? And you and I are a woman's best option for the future of humanity. <laughs> She'd just jump at the hunter. Excuse like, me, oh. excuse me. With that point, there'll be hundreds of episodes of the Critical Seeks podcast to keep her going in the bunker. Yeah, but she'd be stuck with us live. She can't twerk. <laughs> she can't pause or turn us off. <laughs> <laughs> she'd be praying. There'll, be a, lot of, there'll be a lot of people being turned off, right? I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, so... You know, Resident Evil 1, of course, has its 25-year anniversary. It's led to 2, 3. The franchise was about to be dead. 4 helped revive it. I think, I think obviously, it's changed. It's more action style. It's very cheesy. It's very enjoyable. I love Resident Evil 4. Resident Evil 5 was a co-op game, which they delayed for about a year because of accusations of the game being racist. And they were like, it's not racist. Here's a black woman, which they clearly... Was that off? Was that probably like the earliest time of wokeness in gaming before? Probably, you know, was I remember. I remember because it was one woman on a forum as well complaining about it. I don't think anyone else complained, but the, the game was re- a trailer was re-released and she was just there suddenly. When you know, if you watch the original trailers, it's just Chris. No, yep. nothing. It was just Chris. Resident Evil Six was, in my opinion, an utter abomination. Game. Me, it was like an homage to all the others because like the crit leon's story felt like res 4 a little bit and then like wesker's kid bald generic game protagonist man looked was like i was like oh look this isn't this is an homage to like resident evil 3 and then so i kind of got what they were going for just they just failed miserably at all three parts of it yeah um then of course the game went through another reboot it went to first person which i think I think really works. I suppose it depends on the Resident Evil. Like I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want Resident Evil one, two, three, or four in first person. But I think for seven it works really well. But seven is now the highest selling Resident Evil game. Uh, it's the highest selling of all the Resident Evils. I'm curious if we were to reboot the franchise, like start the franchise now, hmm. would it still be? 
because gaming's much bigger than it was when the PlayStation One came out. So I'm like, is it the most popular or the highest selling purely because there are more gamers? So if a smaller percentage of gamers buy it, it's naturally going to sell more copies, or is it highest selling because people who are aware of the franchise are like, oh, this looks phenomenal, and then bought it? So. I don't know how much um, you can wave the honor around as like bragging rights when I'm like, well, yeah, but how much of that is just because gaming is the biggest in- industry now compared to the 90s when it was, oh, you play games, you're a nerd. Yeah, probably true. Um, you, I would also put that down to Backlash from 6 and yeah. the, the setting of 7 and just that first-person style really adds to it. And it probably helps that VR, it was a very good VR game as well, so that probably helps sell more. I enjoyed um, the light gun game, whatever that was called. Oh, the light gun game? I don't think I ever played that. It was it was just House of the Dead basically with a Resident Evil license, but mm. it, I enjoyed it. So I think we'll uh, just like just like the dog trying to get into the mansion. I think we'll head out soon. Um, I feel like this episode needs some Resident Evil DLC because we've not touched on the Revelations games. That's or... fine. So we're just I think we you know I, I, talking about the original. <laughs> I was just like, let's stay positive, right? And I'm like, remember how I hate four? Remember that shit one that was a third person shooter? Remember this shit one? I'm just like, no, right? It's a happy episode about a zombie game I love. Uh, it's true. But I mean, we could. thing is, if we did that, we'd have to talk about number two. And then talking about the number two remake compared to the original. Oh, no, that's a whole new. That's a whole podcast right there. The, the remake of Resident Evil 2 is phenomenal. Maybe you want to draft someone else into those episodes because you're going about how great number two is and I'll go, free sucked. <laughs> <laughs> it's just me being grumpy about Resident Evil games. Um, but you're, I mean, your favourite character in the Resident Evil franchise is Jill. It is. I love Jill. See, I wouldn't say Leon is my favourite character even though it's in, he's in number four. Because in number two, he's a tit. I'll be honest, he's not a tit. Um, he's, in the original, he's an irritating person. I really want... The reason that the Resident Evil 2 remade, but everything else about it is the same, apart from it's got realistic hair physics for Leon. Just to see how many times while fighting zombies, he has to like do a little boy band hair flip to get that what, So it's in first person and your fringe falls across your face. Yeah, that happens in the game. What game was that? Yeah, I was going to say. Blue Estate, that like first person shooter oh, game. Yes, you got that. That was good, that one. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't yeah, like Jill's been your girl. I wouldn't say Leon's my my top guy in the Resident Evil games. Um, what about Chris? I'd probably, no, I'd probably still say Jill's probably the the most interesting character. Um, Not sure. Ada, no, um, Ada is <laughs> Ada's a cool character, but she comes across as a bit too like. Whose side am I on? Oh, like you, she's, t- she's mysterious. And yeah, cool. yeah. She's like she's, she's like the sexy. She's like the sexy femme fatale. You know what she's wearing is not appropriate in the slightest for the mission. Like she's just been on a. Uh, is it, I guess I mean, would you compare her to Catwoman? Maybe, maybe not. Catwoman kick her ass. But you know, Ada Wong is mentioned in the original original Resident Evil. It's mentioned in one of the letters. One of the scientists talks about how he can't wait to see, you know, he wants to talk to her again. And I'm thinking, oh, you mm. could put you could put this as just the name was in the game, or you could put this as Ada was there trying to get the virus for whomever she was working for, or whomever she was scoping it out for. It could all be tied in. Could Neil Cannon? Could all be tied in. Um, yeah. So you know, happy 25 years to Capcom. They've made some stinkers. Ryan, 
Oops. <laughs> but, you know, they did good on mostly Resident Evil, so well done. Um, Dino Crisis was in the same, was obviously... Uh, now we're talking. Now we're talking. I've never played Dino Crisis. I, I did it, but he not mentioned it because I was like, if I'm not allowed to shit on Resident Evil 4, it'll go mad at me if I bring up Dino Crisis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who haven't played Dino Crisis, it's Resident Evil, a place, the mansion and the lab with fences and a lab. It's basically it's a lab. Um, but instead of zombies, it's dinosaurs. Um, and the survival horror was more... I guess it was more survival threat than survival horror because the dinosaurs themselves aren't scary because they're dinosaurs, but they could kill you, so you've got to avoid them. Whereas in Resident Evil, you're like, I don't want to open the door because who knows what's behind it. Whereas in Dino Crisis, you're like, it's a pissing T-Rex. I'm not going out there. Um, but I love Dino Crisis. I'd probably say I like Dino Crisis more than Resident Evil. Strictly talking about the first game because the second one was like, Ugh. and Dino Crisis 3 was in space. So enough said. Um but no, I loved Dino Crisis. It was you had you played as Regina. Don't know what her second name is. And apparently, Regina is not even her real first name. It's a code name. Not a very oh. good code name. Like Bond, James Bond, Jason Bourne, Regina. It's not going down in history, is it? No. Um, but if you, I mean, if you're not played Resident Evil, you definitely haven't played Dino Crisis. Um, but Dino Crisis will always stand out to me because you had like red laser gates that you couldn't go through, and neither because the dinosaurs. But you could like turn them on and off if you had like the right key, essentially. Uh, it's a Capcom game full of keys um, but the raptors would like, like crouch down before they pounced so you turn off the laser gate that separated you from the velociraptor wait for it to crouch and then the game slash AI was committed to the pounce at that point so you'd be like hello velociraptor and it would pace around and because the gate was on it was aware it couldn't get you you turn the gate off and it would crouch and like, I was going to pounce and then you quickly turn the gate back on and the gate would turn on as the raptor leaps it would bounce into it and fall down didn't hurt it was just funny. <laughs> you just sit there and annoy the Velociraptors. And then when you did get killed by one, you'd be like, yeah, I can't deserve that. That's fair. There's a pterodactyl, the T Rex. It was good. Just play it. Just, just, but that I want to remake of. Like, if you do remake Capcom, where the hell is my Dino Crisis? Remake? Yeah, it's something that's been mentioned, but I suppose it's, it's a remake. Yeah, a remake is, well, how do you, how do you approach the remake? Like two and th- two was done masterfully for Resident Evil. Agreed. But Dino Crisis is like, well, if every enemy is like a giant raptor, you might as well make it almost like a survival horror runaway alien isolation style game. Unless you try and put, like you said, with laser grids and outsmarting them, try and make it more like a thinking man's game. But You could shoot. I mean, they die if you shot them enough. Um, I mean, at one point, I think you killed the T-Rex. I can't remember. It's been years and years since I played it. Um, but no, you could fight that. You could fight the Dino. You had like more weapons. It was definitely more actiony, I guess, than Resident Evil. But it still had the the fixed camera perspective. Still had the kind of rotating character and like movement. Um, still had lots and lots of files to read about things. It's somewhat of a confusing plot. Yeah. But it was good. I loved it. Awesome, awesome. So I don't yeah. know how old that is. That's got to be coming up to an anniversary soon. Uh, it was probably the same. Probably same. Let's have a look. It's probably the same year. Uh, oh no, nineteen ninety nine. I didn't realize it was that far apart. Yeah, quite a while. Quite a while. Um, yeah. So I mean, you know, a lot of people do say that Resident Evil uh, revitalized the zombie genre. You know, it added towards zombie films, books, TV shows, other games, of course. Um, I feel sorry for Silent Hill because I don't think Silent Hill gets as much as love as Resident Evil does. 
But yeah, I mean, you know, you add you add the George Romero zombie films, and then nine million zombie copy remakes came out, and it kind of died off. And then I think Resident Evil, you know, sparked the undead spark to ironically create the life of the zombie genre again. And yeah, to touch, a, to touch back on Silent Hill, I think Silent Hill gets all the praise from horror buffs. Um, like if you like your horror games, you would you Silent Hill has its place, you know, in the the pantheon of great horror games. If you're a more of a generic or casual gamer, you've heard of Resident Evil, you've probably not heard of Silent Hill. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, very much enjoyed talking about Resident Evil with you, Ryan. We'll um, we'll maybe talk about Resident Evil two and three sometime. It's not like you left four out of that. Like we won't talk about four. Well, you don't. You haven't played a bit an, a lot of it, and you didn't like it, which is fair enough. Like I didn't like. Um, you know, I don't think I like Dino Crisis because I like my zombies and I like my horror. So we'll talk about Resident Evil 2 and 3. Both of them yeah, both of them are a weird hit and miss because Resident Evil 2 remake far surpasses the original and I don't really think that Resident Evil 3 remake surpasses the original at all. Resident Evil 3 remake felt like a little cash grab because they had the engine sat there. Hmm, it did indeed. But do you know what, Ryan? Cynical. Maybe you are. Or maybe, Ryan, you're just a critical geek. And that is a conversation for another day. Ryan, where can they hear and see and read more about yourself? Uh, you can find myself and the rest of the team at gamehype.co.uk. Uh, an affiliated podcast is coming soon as well called Hype from Out of Heaven. A um, little bit of a nerd reference in there for some of you. Uh, and yeah, that's where I am really, apart from here. Awesome. Um, of course, you can find us at critical underscore geeks on Twitter, and we're on many, many, many podcast sites such as Anchor and iTunes. And you know, if you do like zombies and cats, tenuous link, you can check out uh, one of our friends' fantastic t-shirt products, the Fuzzballs. His name is Mark, and he comes on often. And uh, I wonder who will be annoyed not being asked on the Resident Evil podcast. Are there any zombie fuzzballs? I feel like he's missing a trick there. <gasps> you could make a nemesis fuzzball that's calling for snacks instead of stars. You've said it. You've said it now. So if he does it, can to get them royalties? <laughs> Be my gift. My gift to football. <laughs> yep. Damn right it would. Damn right it would. Well, Ryan, we're going to leave this spooky mansion of zombies and mystery now. And uh, maybe next time we'll talk about Resident Evil 2. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>